It is time for another episode of Reggie's Expressions. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon to everybody who is currently watching this or listening to this because I am doing a stream yard like I did last week. I think I think that's going to become an element of uh, a part of the show. Okay, so we're going to make it happen. Look at the glasses. Got some new glasses here. Got a little bit of a brown tint. I'm really happy about it because the other glasses I had, I had for two years and they were all scratched up. And I don't really know how I was able to see with those because they were, they were, they were crazy. Okay. They were crazy. So, hmm. What else is going on? Yesterday, I had a nice meetup. I did my first uh, notary meetup for the year. It was um, down in Tampa. <clears throat> it was really fun, really enjoyable. Uh, the gentleman Calvin uh, Darvell, shout out to him. Um, he is an ambassador for loan signing systems, um, Mark Wills product for those of you who are aware and who are in this community. Um, Mark Wills is one of the guys that, um, you know, does really well. And uh, by name recognition alone, a lot of people, you know, uh, use him and he also um, has a notary course that you can take and become certified as a notary and uh, he he's an ambassador and uh, Calvin is um, and he had a notary meetup which y'all know I spearhead and I head up uh, Central Florida notaries um, I got a lot of people that came over from that to join Central Florida notaries um, and that's I wouldn't call it a mentorship program. It's just something I do. And it's just something that I do to share knowledge with other people who were just like me starting. So um, it's really cool. Um, and I, I had fun. I was on cloud nine yesterday because I had so much fun. But <clears throat> this morning I was gone. I got up at like six o'clock because I had a real strange dream about damn... <sighs> I, I hate repeating it, but rarely does the, the things that you dream about are realistic. It, it, it's an interpretation or whatever or another meaning. But I dreamed that I just remember getting shot um, in the back of my grandmother's house in Albany that no longer is standing. I don't remember by, but I got shot. And then I had sleep paralysis. Those of you who are aware of that phenomenon, I had that. And I was trying to struggle to, you know, sit up. And it woke me a little bit. So I've been up ever since then. Um, that was about 6 o'clock this morning. <laughs> uh, so I am muddling through it. 
I mean, I'm, I'm an early bird to begin with anyway, so I figured, you know what, you're up, why don't you go ahead and record an episode? So, here I am. Um, let's see. Oh. <laughs> Y'all can't hear it over here. But the people on the podcast, if you're listening, you're going to be able to hear it that was clapping. <laughs> I'm actually recording this. It doesn't matter where I'm recording it, but I do have the ability to be able to add and edit sound. So you guys are probably like, what that got to do with identity slash uh, respectability politics? Well, y'all know I like to just start randomly um, coming right on in into the topic. I can never go straight into the topic. I always start with, with you know, some thoughts of mine from the very beginning. And I want to talk about this because I feel like respectability politics and identity politics have been coming up a lot. Before I get started on that conversation, though, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over to my computer and I'm going to bring up what the definition of respectability politics and identity politics. So we have a frame of reference. Okay, so respectability politics or identity politics, which is what I have up first, it says the tendency of people of a particular religion, ethnic group, social background, ETC, to form exclusive political alliances moving away from the traditional based uh, party politics. Um, <clears throat> and then respectability politics which is really what we're going to be focusing focusing on um, a significance, great significance, because I think people as of recent aren't realizing how much they are in that realm. And I don't agree with respectability politics or identity politics at all. I don't. Um, and we'll get into the meat and potatoes of why, because, um, yeah, I, I just think that it, you know, we're going to get into it. So let's find out what respectability politics mean. So the dictionary.com definition um, says a set of beliefs holding that conformity to prescribed mainstream standards of appearance and behavior will protect the person who is a part of a marginalized group, especially a black person, from prejudice and systematic injustices. Black respectability politics embraces the illusion of a level economic playing field. Respectability politics place blame on groups who are already hindered by discrimination. Oh. So what does that mean, Reggie? What does that mean? Like, what you talking about, the words? So, a great example of respectability politics, I think um, it really, it, it, as the definition, definition states, it is at the hands of marginalized people, um, mostly black folks. But you will hear it in terms of, uh, you know, women. Well, if she wasn't dressed that way, maybe she wasn't, she wouldn't um, have been seen in that way. Or maybe they wouldn't have disrespected her like that. 
or a gay person. If he wasn't so flamboyant, maybe he wouldn't have gotten beaten up. Or um, men, if he wasn't so, you know, feminine, then maybe, you know, he would have been taken seriously, right? So it has everything to do with how you should act in a certain situation. It really kind of ties into uh, victim blaming a little bit. You, a lot of times when respectability politics are being applied, it is typically in an instance where it starts a victim blaming situation. And there's no, we all know that there's no reason to be a victim. There's no given great time to be a victim at all, right? Um, and I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys are probably picking apart like, well, yeah, like if you kill somebody and then you get killed, that's okay to be a victim. Okay, we're, yes, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people who are already oppressed in this instance, um, <clears throat> being held to a standard that is unrealistic for anybody and almost unattainable for anybody to uh, be held to, but yet we have a tendency, not we have a tendency, but yet they're still being looked at as not being the ideal victim. Does that make sense? Does that, does that kind of under, does that kind of, and for me at this ripe old age of 42, um, I've gotten to a place in my life where I don't really give a fuck about what people think of me. And I don't have, I'm not held to any standard or I don't hold myself to any standard. That wasn't always the case though. Um, I remember having conversations with Carlos very early on about, you know, the Garner, Socorro Garner household. That's not how we act in public. Um, we need to make sure that we have a higher standard. Um, and you know, I, who the fuck am I? Right. But that was really kind of the core belief that I, I stood on. But I started realizing that people who were considered showing identity, you know, or showing the, the correct behavior and doing what they're supposed to do and, and align with everything that they're supposed to be still being victims, it made me kind of look at that concept and say, you know what, it really... Don't matter how you act, that has nothing to do with why you're being victimized or why you're being chosen as a victim. That's rarely, it's, it's, one has nothing to do with the other. What it is, you know, when you, when you are a victim of a certain situation, that person who's doing the victimizing is not saying, well, because they look like or they act like or they're being like, they're just doing it for power and dominance in, in, in a lot of instances, which has nothing to do with respectability. And I think that us as black folks, you know, a lot of we we hold the burden of that. Because a lot of our ancestors, our family members, you know, who like my I, I, I tell I say this all the time. My, my parents were born in the 50s and raised in the 60s. 
a lot of that for them, even before that, you know, during Jim Crow laws and slavery and all that other stuff, you know, respectability politics was, that was a survival thing. So it literally is in a lot of ours DNA. And that's what people default on to whenever they find a situation that doesn't necessarily fit their narrative or not necessarily their narrative, but fit the story that aligns best with how they were raised. And when I mean they, the the person who is dissecting the information in a particular situation. So the reader, for example, of a uh, newspaper ad or newspaper story about five women killed, um, you know, they, they automatically go back and default to, you know, victim blaming simply because of their core values, what they were raised on, how they were taught to be able to navigate in this world. Now, I told y'all 2023 is about thriving. So I'm getting rid of that survival mentality, that survival ideal that I have to act and do certain things to be successful or to be taken seriously as a person. Okay? I'm I'm done with 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 that. It's limiting. It doesn't allow us to be in my in my in my mind, it doesn't allow us to be authentic if we're showing up and we are abiding abiding by identity politics and checking, you know, our 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 you know mental uh, what do you call it um, outfit to make sure that it's palatable for other people. Now, you know, me as a person being gay, also being black, um, black first. Um, I get that a lot, you know, and I, as growing up, well, you know, when people would find out that I was gay, they were like, oh, well, you're not like the normal or the, the regular gays. You know what I'm saying? That's a form of identity politics. That's them placing what they think gay people should act like on me and then trying to put it off as a compliment. Like, oh, and I'm supposed to be happy that I don't act like the other gays, like, when I'm, when I'm, a, or, you know, <laughs> I was just thinking of other, other, another example. Oh, you're, you're, you're pretty handsome for a black guy, or you're pretty, you know, uh, good looking for a, uh, a fat guy or whatever, by the way, three weeks into keto. So I've lost about 10 pounds. So I'm very happy about that. That's another episode. So do you guys, are you guys kind of getting where identity plays a role in this? You know, in a lot of ways that we shape, um, you guys on the camera can see me clean, <laughs> clean the mic. But do you guys see where that kind of plays a role in it? We get a lot of that in terms of like, you know, with Cam Kevin Samuels, you know, um, the optics of being a woman uh, at the age of 30 with three kids and not married and what that looks like and how she needs to act to be presentable to men. You know, with, you know, while not taking in consideration, it, that could be a choice for her. You know what I'm saying? That could be a literal choice that, hey, I don't want to date nobody right now. You know what I'm saying? It takes the the choice of the person who's involved in that circumstance out. 
you know, and that's that's not fair, cool or, you know, calm. You know, we see it a lot of times when it comes to, you know, um, you know, applied to trans folks. We do see that also being applied a lot to to uh, uh, gay people, too. You know, as I stated my my previous example, oh, if he wasn't so flamboyant, then maybe he wouldn't have got his ass whooped when the guys were doing what they did. Or maybe if, you know, he had told this person that they were trans, maybe she wouldn't have been killed. And we all know that it doesn't, even if that was the case, like, for example, that I'm just saying and trigger warning to anybody who may be sensitive to this particular analogy, I'm, I'm apologizing firstly, that even if that was the case where they didn't disclose their transness to a person, that doesn't give that trans person the right to be killed. There's no excuse for killing or beating up that person just because you can't deal with your emotions or you understand the situation. You know what I'm saying? That that's 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 never the problem of the victim. That is not something that the victim is responsible for having to bear. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 quit it with all that. It's it's stupid. And as black folks, I, I really think, you know, I, I wrote this down earlier, you know, and I, I said this, you know, the burden of black folks, a lot of us, I, you know, we get that a lot when it comes to, you know, when, uh, uh, when white, it, it happens a lot at the hands of white people, uh, you know, when like, for example, the Mike Browns and, you know, uh, the Tamir Rice's, the Sandra Bland you know, well, if, you know, for example, you know, Tamir Rice wasn't playing with a gun out in the park by himself, maybe he wouldn't have been killed. When we've seen white people literally steal police cars and live to tell about it. We've seen white men shoot and kill another police officer and live to tell about it. And black folks just get killed for existing, you know, for something that is a minor misunderstanding. So the identity politics doesn't apply in those situations. What do we say to Sandra Bland, who just went to, and I know that, you know, they're saying that it was a suicide, um, but literally her charge for being arrested was a minor charge. And she ended up spending three days in jail. What do we say to, to George Floyd, who was killed for, you know, killed by the hands of uh, Derek Chauvin because, you know, it was told that he had a counterfeit $20 bill. His crime was being murdered in front of everybody because I know you've seen the video. And, it, and we can't say that he wasn't acting the way he was supposed to act. So you, do you guys are under, are you guys understanding now how the identity, like it, the respectability politics doesn't apply in those situations? And going back to what I was going to say, you know, 
I think with black folks, we have a tendency to be harsher and hold uh, truer to those ideas because, you know, a lot of us were raised, again, as I said, on that level of survival. If you act like this and you do this and you you do these things and you go to school, you get a job, you keep your head down, you stay out of jail, you, you talk nice, you speak specifically with a, a, a articulate accent. You, you, you're told that you're going to thrive. You're going to live, live life. That didn't happen to Tamir Rice. You know, he didn't get an opportunity to, to show himself. He wasn't even human, humanized in those moments that from the time the cops got there, shot him and, you know, he was killed. So how do how do those things apply? And I'm using that as an extreme example, you know, because I think it sometimes takes extreme examples for people to understand the weight of which their thought process is really damaging and harming to our community that, you know, um, you know, it's, it's, it just comes from, and then I, I want to make sure that I'm clear when I say this, we also know that white people aren't held to the same exact standard, you know, that black people are there. There's not a certain code of conduct that, that white people have when they go out because when they go out you know they can be crazy they can go and wreck shit you know fuck shit up tear down a whole damn store go home <laughs> have a glass of wine see that shit on tv and then see that they're being looked for <laughs> and 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 then be able oh i'm just gonna go to the what's going on here guys like here i am you know and be able to be seen from a place of being a victim, you know, a place of uh, being victimized rather than being put, you know, being held responsible for their actions. We see that. Like we, it's common, plain as day. You know what I'm saying? We see instances of that on TV all the time. All the time. How do we how do we explain that? We can't. So for me, I think I always say this and I hope it makes sense. Compassion lies in between the thought of something and it might not be something that's palatable for everybody and actually choosing you know choosing to say something a little bit more palatable I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is all it takes is just a moment to, con to consider the information at hand to have compassion for somebody that you have no 
real connection with. Does that make sense? Do y'all get what I'm trying to say? Like before you are standing firm on a soapbox on something that you don't know very much about other than what you read, let's take a moment to just think about it. Process what's going on. Possibly use empathy to put yourself in that person's shoes and understand that there wouldn't have been anything that person would have done that wouldn't have caused them to not be victimized. They just happen to be the wrong person at the wrong, uh, the right person at the wrong time. You know, it's it's difficult to think about things in those ways because, you know, a lot of the Bible and what we learn as 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 um, you know people is that things aren't random. Things happen for a reason. You know. So we go searching for reasons why something may have happened. And what I've learned is that sometimes things just are. A-R-E. <laughs> they just be. They just is. And we have to. And I think that, you know, if I were to surmise, I think a lot of us are not comfortable with sitting in that unknown. I know for a fact, I ain't like, I don't, I can't, I can't do it. I'm over trying to understand, but what I'm learning to do and what we going to do in 2023 is we're going to really take the time to sit in that uncomfortable feeling. Just sit in it. Process what's going on. Feel uncomfortable. Feel the itches under your arms, <laughs> you know, feel the sweat on your head. Feel the awkwardness of, of misunderstanding, sitting in that moment and just being like, oh, okay, this is weird. This is weird. What do I do? And just understanding that nothing needs to be done. Just let this take its course. Okay. So I say to everybody out there be yourself the only barometer that i have is to be a good damn person whatever that may mean to you now we ain't talking about extremes where people were taught that being a good person is actually bad things like killing folks um raping people um they're doing uh, other deplorable human uh unhuman like qualities uh, you know we're not there's no comparison. We know that that's not being a good person. So I don't have to explain what being a good person is. I just want to make sure because there are going to be some people. What if you, you have to play to everybody? That just be a good person at the end of the day. Take the time to have the empathy to get to know the person that you're getting to know. Looking beyond yourself and understanding that what you do ultimately does affect other people as much as we don't think it do it do and just being aware of your surroundings and taking time to process other people's process of what it is you're saying i think i do a very good job of doing that when i'm having a conversation with people I'm looking at their body language. I'm looking at eyes. I'm looking at movement. I'm looking at, you know, how they're interacting with what I'm saying. If 
Uh-oh. Hold on one second. Ay! Hello, good morning. No, I, w I was already up. <laughs> So I'm back. Sorry about that. I um I do get calls. I am a notary, so I, I have an appointment here uh, at 9:30. So <laughs> I'm gonna be going to go do that. So uh, yeah, man. But, um, yeah, so I had to answer that call. But I don't remember my train of thought. I probably should have listened to it before. But long story short, I, all I'm saying is, is just take the moment and time to, to really process what people are saying to get to know them and understand where they're coming from. Don't be so quick to judgment. And, you know, if, it, if any of your ideas based on how someone should act comes from any of, you know, some of the examples that I've brought up, then maybe it's something that you should consider maybe keeping to yourself um you know just 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 throwing it out there y'all ain't got to do what i y'all ain't got to do like what i'm talking about but i know for me i am truly allowing folks to be able to be themselves i was having a conversation with somebody yesterday and it was really one of the first times i felt like i was authentically me you know what i'm saying like i didn't care about what they, it, it, and I know that kind of sounds like I'm like, um, disregarding, but what I mean, what I mean by not caring is it wasn't like I was going in and monitoring what I was saying for the sake of looking good. It was just like, okay, I don't know you, you don't know me. Hey, we just sitting here talking, you know, and I'm just having a good time getting to know you as a person and understanding where you're coming from. And I don't really, I don't give a damn about what you think about what it is I'm saying. Unless you say something. If they had said something, I it seemed like they were like genuinely entertained. So that was cool. But yeah, you know, I was kind of, I was like just in my bag. And they enjoyed themselves. And, um, you know, hopefully in the future I can talk a little bit more about that. But that's going to be on the notary side. So you're going to have to either go to YouTube or whatever and do and I'll, you got it so with that being said y'all it is that has been another episode of reggie's expressions i am audi 5000 i hope this gives you a frame of reference you probably have heard this term before and i'm not adding anything new to the conversation other than just my own perspective which is fine but i just hope that it starts a conversation about us really just breaking down where respectability puts us respectability puts us in society and how there's no place for it in 2023. Okay. All right. So you guys can find me at Reggie's expressions. That's R E G G E E apostrophe S expressions on Facebook. And you can find me at Reggie's R E G G E E S underscore expressions on Instagram. Okay. You can also find me on YouTube, Reggie's expressions spelled R E G G E E apostrophe S expressions on YouTube. All right. 
So enjoy the rest of your day. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and I'll talk to you later. Peace. Reggie's Expressions is brought to you by Soko Garn Productions, LLC.